0: them. Amen. The Bible says that they're worthy of double honor. Let's pray and just uh, welcome again. We're going to continue to welcome and honor the, the presence of the Lord this morning. We welcome you and we honor you, Holy Spirit. Precious Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you would sanctify us by the truth. Your word is the truth, Lord. Even as we stand in the city of Waterville today, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would wash us by the water of your word today. Lord, take out your hammer, Lord. Your word says that your word is fire. Your word is a hammer that breaks rocks. Lord, break rocks of apathy and complacency and dead religion off of us today. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. You don't have to turn that down too low. I mean, it's our right. don't be scared. We can knock. It. I'm going to knock the dust off of your ears this morning. Or get a little loud. And I want to give you permission to just say amen if you're in agreement. How many know the Bible says that we're to be in agreement with one another? Well, We can express that by saying amen. And it's okay to, to lift your voice today. I, I'm, a, I'm kind of like that old school preacher that likes to hear the talking back. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody say amen. 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 <laughs> Sorry for putting you on the spot. I love you, bro. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you this morning um, about a word that... Has become a bit of a bad word in the, the American church in the past decade or two, and that's a word called repent. Ooh, I didn't hear any amens there. Now, Pastor Josh and Joy told me that the series uh, this week was going to be on repentance and forgiveness, and so I wanted to honor that um, and, and preach on that this morning. Um, but just real quick, I know this is probably going to be a little bit sobering, but i um, Listen, I believe that in America, we are, um, if we've ever been in a crisis, we are in a crisis today in America. Um, Whether it's the division that we're seeing politically in our nation, all the way to the apathy that has crept into the church. I believe we've become way too casual and comfortable with God, we've lost our sense of God's holiness. We've lost our sense of God's majesty. We've become way too comfortable with God. We in America today, and I'm just talking in general terms, I'm not speaking specifically about this fellowship, but just in general terms, we've become way too comfortable and casual with God. We've forgotten that our God is a consuming fire. Like, I think we've forgotten that we're not down here to judge God. God judges us. I think somewhere along the lines, we've gotten so comfortable with God, we begin to worship a God made in our image in America. A God that we're comfortable with, a God that only does things that we agree with. And let me tell you, the closer you get to the throne, it's not the more understandable to your human mind it is. It's the weirder it gets. How many know we're talking about God? He's not a human. He's not American. How many know God's not American? God's not a Christian. He is the Christ. And the closer you get to the throne, the weirder it gets. Let's just accept that right now. The closer you get to God's throne, the weirder it gets. There's creatures with eyeballs all over them and weird heads and flying and singing songs and there's lights and and colors you've never seen before and lightning and thunder proceeding from the throne. It says voices proceeding from the throne. A a, a sea like glass and crystal, a rainbow like an emerald colored rainbow surrounding his throne. And these are only like our, our infinite little human way of, of trying to describe something that's indescribable. And we've forgotten that God is holy, holy, holy. And we've become way too comfortable with sin and in America we've cheapened down the gospel to almost nothing. Can I just can I come out of the gate swinging today? We have we've we've cheapened it down in America to nothing. There's no nothing about sin, nothing about conviction, nothing about judgment. Nothing about Hell, no hell, no brokenness, no repentance, no cross, no blood, no death to self. And how many know what that actually produces? I'm going to tell you right now, it produces no true salvation. Listen, there are people in hell. There, you know what? There are people today on earth that hate to hear the word repentance, but there are people in hell that would give anything to hear it one more time. And I want to just talk today a little bit about the beautiful word of repentance. What a gift. How many understand truly what a gift it is to be able to repent, to change your mind, and to turn? And that's what the word repentance actually means. It comes from the Greek word metaneo. Hopefully, I said that right. I know Brother Bill is a theologian of God's word. Hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. Let's turn uh, to Luke chapter 24, verse 44 real quick. I want to open with this, and I'm going to hit a few different scriptures today. Um, I love the scripture. I love the word of the Lord, and I want to lay a foundation this morning, and we're just going to go if that's all right. Are we alive in this place today? Somebody say amen. All right, Luke chapter 24. And we'll look at verse 44 through 47, Luke 24. If you've got it, say amen. All right. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Now hear this. Then he opened up their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. How many know right now we need the Lord by the, through his spirit to open up our minds that the word would become alive? We need a generation that falls in love with the, the holy word of God again, which is the truth that sets us free. It says, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things i am going to send you i'm i'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high he says that the message the message of the gospel of repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations i'm here to tell you that we are whether you realize it or not we are in I don't believe it's the fullness yet, but a a reformation in the church around the world. And CNN's not going to report on it, and Fox News isn't going to report on it, but I believe they're going to be forced to report on it before the day of the Lord returns. But we are in a reformation we are we are going to see the fear of the Lord return to the church with a vengeance. A holy vengeance. We are going to see the true preaching of the gospel of repentance and grace and, 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 the, and the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ preached again with fire and conviction before the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it's coming. I'm telling you, we are in the day where we are going to see the return of the Lord. This is the generation. You can take that to the bank. He says, you won't know the day nor the hour, but you will know this season. Thessalonians says, that day will not come upon you like a trap, brothers and sisters, because you don't live in the darkness. It's only going to surprise those who live in the darkness. You can't put your finger on the exact day or moment, but we will know the season, and the signs of the season of the return of the Lord are at hand. Matthew 24. Everything we've seen Jesus prophesy in Matthew 24 regarding the last days is coming to pass right before our eyes. The prophetic word of the Lord has unfolded right before our eyes. The prophecies about Jesus have come true. The prophecies about Israel have come true. Oh, We are moving toward the day of the Lord and that's either something that scares you or something that excites you. And if it scares you, it's because maybe you're living in compromise and there is a mercy for you if you turn. But it's exciting to me and the Bible says we can haste the day of the Lord and speed its coming. Amen. Sorry for yelling. I'm kidding. Amen. Um, but the word repent, let's just talk about that for a moment. How, we know that the scriptures, the, the Old Testament is translated from the Hebrew and the New Testament is translated from the Greek. And that word in the Greek is metaneo, which literally means to change your mind. But I want to just, I want to present something to you because we, I've heard that a lot of teachings over the past 10 years or so in regards to that, that translation. And it sometimes gets cheapened down to almost nothing to where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I changed my mind. How many know that it's actually more than saying I changed my mind? If a mind has actually truly been changed, a lifestyle is going to certainly follow that. There will be fruit, amen? How many know God's not concerned with your outfit necessarily? you wearing the right clothes on Sunday and coming in and putting your hour and a half in once a week and listening to Caleb or proclaim and that's what God's concerned with. I I I listen. God's not concerned with butts and seats. Can I just tell you that? Is that too was that over the line? Listen, it's incredibly important to come to church and the word says, "Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but gather even more so as you see the day of the Lord approaching." We're seeing the day of the Lord approaching. It is incredibly important on every level that we gather together. But God's not looking for someone to just put in their time. God's looking for, God's looking for sons and daughters. I don't know if we've gotten so far away from that. God's not just looking for Christian robots. He's looking for sons and daughters. This is what the, this is why we exist. Now we were made by him and for him. Do we understand? We've heard that scripture in Colossians, but do we really understand? Do we really have the inward revelation? How many know we need the inward revelation? that comes from the Holy Spirit. We don't need knowledge in the head. A lot of people can understand things up here, but miss it here where it actually really matters, where we need the inward revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit. And even now, as you're sitting there in your seat, ask him, give me the revelation, Lord. Well, I'm gonna tell you, it starts with the mind, but it does not end there. Repentance is more than just saying, "I, I changed my mind. It starts with the mind. How many know the greatest battlefield in your life is in the mind listen we live in the first heaven the realm where the enemy the prince of the power of the air lucifer lives and reigns the bible says and this is the this is the realm where our where our mind is influenced this is why it's incredibly important number one the bible says to guard your heart how many know there's a lot of voices that can speak to you that are not the voice of the lord It starts with the mind, but let me tell you, and and here's why, Romans 8, verse 6, just hear the word of the Lord. It says, the mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know, how many have had thoughts that have just come into your mind that you know, man, that is not from the Lord. Where did that come from? And we're going to have that tension of the spirit and the flesh in this first heaven realm until the Lord comes back, until we receive a glorified body and a glorified mind. We're going to live in that tension. says so the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature of the flesh cannot please God. So repentance, it starts with a change of the mind, but it's more than just Changing the way you think, I want to tell you, there is a turning that is required from the Lord. listen I mean effortless Christianity sounds great, but it's just not true this is, and I'm hear my, hear my heart today this is not about earning your salvation this is not about being good enough to make yourself right with God and earning your salvation but this is re- repentance is a res- is a personal response from us to God for what he has done for us. Can somebody agree with that this morning? Repentance, it's a change of the mind, but it's more than just changing the way that we think. There is actually a turning that's required. In the same way that that principle in the scriptures that says faith without action is dead, it's not real, so it is with repentance. It starts with a change of the mind, but if it doesn't manifest in your life, come on, there is no repentance. What did James say? He said, First the lust is conceived where? In the mind. Then it gives birth to sin, and then when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. So it starts in the mind and then manifests literally in action. It's that same principle with repentance. It starts in the mind, but if it doesn't manifest and and there isn't some some turning, listen, there has to be a true... Honesty of the heart today in our lives before the Lord. He's not just looking for us to put on the right outfit and listen to the right radio station and come to church, but yet our closets are filled with secret sins and dead men's bones. We're like whitewashed tombs. We look good on the outside, but God, who sees the heart, come on, he sees something different and there has to be a real honesty of the heart. And I believe that that's what the Lord is doing right now. Is exposing things. How many know that's actually the mercy of the Lord? Is that he would expose something. Do you want something exposed now that might lead to your salvation and freedom or do you want to finally have it uncovered when you stand before the Lord and it's too late? In that same way that it starts with the mind it has to manifest in our life. Come on, man, talk is cheap, guys. We just need to get real. There really has to be an honesty of the heart when we understand that there is true freedom available to us. I'm not just talking about freedom from the penalty of sin. I'm talking about freedom from the guilt and shame and the power of sin over your life. I want to tell you right now, I'm not talking about you being perfect the rest of your life. But if you think that your destiny is to live in that bondage of that thing that you've been dealing with the rest of your life, you've cheapened the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus down to nothing. I tell you, the power in the name and the blood and the cross of Jesus has the power to set us free it is for freedom that Jesus died for us the Bible says and to live and accept anything less is living far beneath what's available to you as a son or daughter of God amen Amen. but in this journey that we call life God takes us from glory to glory and I want to tell you that it's in those seasons in between glory to glory that will challenge your faith how many know what I'm talking about the ebbs and flows of this life. And, and, but we're called to continually yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit every single day. Listen, we've got to understand that God is a person. The Father is a person. Jesus, his awesome son, our Savior, is a person. And Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is a person. We can actually have relationship with Holy Spirit every day. But he's called us to yield our minds and our hearts fully to the Holy Spirit every day, having minds renewed by the washing of the word. How many know that that's one, one reason why we need this so bad? Listen, there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of opinions today, in, in, politically and in the church And some of it sounds good, man. And why do do you think the Lord warns us over and over, do not be deceived? Do not be deceived. How many know that deception, it's, it's like the devil. He's not running around with a red tail and a pitchfork and... You know what I'm saying? He can appear as an angel of light. The same with deception. Deception doesn't, it it looks like the truth. It sounds like the truth. It smells like the truth. And it can, when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. That's why we need to rightly divide the word. We need the sword of the spirit. That's what it says. It separates soul and spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit is your inner man. How many know we need that cut asunder by the word of the Lord so we can know the truth and walk in the light as he is in the light and I want to tell you it is a process listen I, I want you to be encouraged today that you, if you are expecting everything to be perfect overnight from a prayer you might be disappointed listen God can do anything the suddenly of God is a real thing and he suddenly can immediately do anything he wants but I, I what I've learned in my journey with the Lord so far is that it is a process and you can be real discouraged if you set this standard of yourself of perfection that we're never going to reach. But I want to tell you, it, 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 it's a process, but not, and it's more than a one-time prayer. Listen, if you put your faith in a sinner's prayer that's not in the Scripture, I would encourage you to go back and rethink that a little bit. Look, this is about relationship. It's about walking this out. We are exhorted over and over in the New Testament to fear God, yeah. to work out our salvation with a holy fear and trembling before God. That it's more than just saying a one-time prayer. But it's actually a daily walking it out with the Lord. How many know we actually must keep with repentance? Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 3 real quick. You know, I can just I can just declare it right now, but there's something good and powerful about taking the logos word of God and reading it. Putting your eyes on it. Matthew chapter 3, we'll go at verse 8. It says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. I want to tell you right now, repentance is not a one-time prayer. It's not a one-time thing that you do. It's a daily walking it out with the Lord. Daily walking it out, keeping with repentance. It says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. What he's saying there is, don't, just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you're right with God. Don't, don't put your faith in your heritage. Don't put your faith in anything but the Lord. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I want to tell you again, it's not about being good enough on your own merit. It's not about being good enough that we earn our salvation. But I want to tell you the other side of the coin is that we do have a responsibility to individually walk this thing out with God. There must be a true honesty of the heart. I want to tell you what, what the, the the book of Proverbs says. It says that the man or woman who conceals his sins, their sins, that means hides. The man or woman that hides their sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy from God. That's the honesty of the heart. There is a tr- there, there, there's a we're called to confess our sins and renounce them. It's more than just confessing. It's also a renouncing, a breaking agreement with that thing. And here's the danger with certain sins is that what we, when you partake in them on a regular basis in your life, year after year, it's like you be, you hold hands with that thing and you be, you become friends with it. And, and it becomes part of your reality. And it, it becomes your friend. And there's, a, there's a, a shining of the light on those dark things in our life that are required from God in order to get free. How many know it's the light ex- that exposes the darkness and it's those who confess and renounce their sins that find mercy from God and we know that God looks at the heart. The scripture is clear. God's not like man. He's not like us. He doesn't look at the outer appearance. He looks at the heart. And, he, and he's the only one who can change the human heart. Hear the word of the Lord, Psalm 51, verse 17. And this is coming from a man who we all know, David, did some great things for God and also did some terrible, wicked things in his life. And this is what he says, he wrote through the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. He said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. What does it mean to be contrite? it means to show sorrow for what you've done to be repentant and i think in america today we've been we've been given a gospel that's so cheap and so easy that costs us nothing nothing about picking up your cross and denying yourself and following after the lord it's all about me today in america Even in the worship that we sing across America, there's so many songs, man, and if we really looked at what we are doing, we're not exalting the Lord. Most of the time, we're singing about ourselves. You want to see this place get filled with the presence of God? Exalt His holy, awesome name. Sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite spirit. Broken in a contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. It's that place of actually being honest with ourselves and with the Lord. And maybe that's the reason so many of us in America that claim to be Christians are not really truly walk, aren't if we were honest, we're not walking in the freedom that is truly available to us because of guilt and shame. It's like this vicious cycle that sin produces. It separates us from God and produces this guilt and shame, and we have to constantly hide it all the time. And it's like this thing that takes on its own life and, and The reason that you can't actually enter into true freedom is because you haven't actually done the ABCs, which is surrender and truly having an honesty of your heart before the Lord. Man, it's in that place of bearing your soul before God who already knows anyways and shining the light on it that you actually enter into a place where you can be free. Come on, and and you need to hear that. Come on, if, you, you, if you've got cancer, you don't want to go to the doctor and hear him tell you you only have a cold. Listen, if I'm a true good surgeon of the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to put a Band-Aid on your gaping wound. There's got to be a deep surgery that happens so a real deep, true cleansing and healing can come. Freedom from guilt and shame. I want to talk about that for a moment because that is, that is the children's bread. Freedom is the children's bread. That's that's what I mean is that belongs to God's people. That is what's available for us. Anything less than that is a lie from the enemy. I'm not talking about you're never going to say another bad word again the rest of your life. You're going to be crystal clean, but I'm telling you there is freedom from the bondage and the power of sin and death over your life. It's available to you and you'll never walk in it if you don't know and learn how to humble yourself before God. Be honest with Him and the third Key, the main key here is learn how to receive. Listen, you will never receive from God if you've got your hands full with other things. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to be able to release what you think you know in, in order to receive from God what he actually has for us. The word says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I want to tell you right now, that is what's available to every single one of us. A life where everything that's old has become new. Come on, are we alive in here today? That is something to shout for. Or unless you like the the cycle that you've been living in, just go ahead and keep on doing that. But you know what the Bible calls that? A dog who returns to its vomit. Pastor Josh, I I usually preach with a handkerchief so I can wipe my head, and I knew I should have brought it today, and I did. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. good. But if I start sweating up here, just no judging, okay? Probably not a great idea to wear a gray t shirt. (laughs) Amen. I want to tell you, it's not just being free from sin and free from darkness. What's available to us is being free from guilt and shame. That's what it means to truly be forgiven. Thank you, brother. I want to ask you, do you actually really believe it? I'm talking, do you really believe it on the inside? I want you to hear what the psalmist said, Psalm 103, verse 3. It said, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. I will wait on the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. I want to tell you that there is a faith required in this thing. To believe what God says is true, and to believe who he says he is, and to receive from the Lord, there has to be a faith in order to receive. And I think that that's the wall that many people that attempt to become a believer, they eventually run into that wall because they were promised this version of of Christianity or something that is really just nothing more than emotionalism and humanism. How many know it's not about a feeling? How many know that in this life you will have trouble? Listen, the prosperity gospel, God wants you to prosper in your soul, (laughs) It's prospering in our soul that God wants. Listen, the son of man didn't have a place to lay his head. And re- with great riches comes great responsibility. It, prosperity, I don't even think is connected to finances necessarily. Listen, the Lord provides everything that we need, but I t- when I'm talking about prosperity, I'm talking about prospering in the soul. But if we don't learn how to receive, we will never walk in the destiny that God has placed on our lives in its fullness. And that is why we need that inward revelation from the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. How many know that there's so much available when it comes to what we know, we can know about God? There's so much available. But most people live beneath what's actually available to them. Because I want to tell you right now, the things of God, the mysteries of God, are not cheap. He puts fear, holy awe, fear on his mysteries. He doesn't fling them around to every passerby. He doesn't give them to everyone who just walks and sits down in a church. He gives them to those who seek his face with all of his heart and with all, of the, with all of their soul. How many know that that's when God says you'll actually find him when you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and you can't fake it with God. You can't say, I've been seeking you with all of my heart and all of my soul. If you haven't, he already knows. This isn't some like um, putting some kind of religious pressure on you. But how many know when we need to be, we need a wake up call. Jesus, Jesus said it like it was. He called a spade a spade. He told the truth, even if it cleared the crowds out. We need to hear the truth right now in the American church, that it's more than just coming and putting in our hour and a half a week and wearing the right clothes and singing the right songs. And, you know, what about the choir? Or What about the music? Or what about the chairs? And all the stuff that God doesn't care about. But what about the holiness, the one thing God actually is looking for? Without holiness, what does it say? Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I just want to tell you right now, when you see Jesus, you're not going to walk up to him and go, hey, buddy, thanks for dying for me. You will actually be paralyzed with fear until you have a glorified body and a glorified mind. We think of John, the beloved disciple, who walked with Jesus for real, And talked with Jesus, for real, for years. When he saw him in Revelation, what happened? He fell as dead. I think we've gotten way too comfortable, way too casual with God in America. This is why we need the fear of the Lord. Not just to be, oh, I'm so scared of God. But listen, you can't truly understand grace if you don't understand the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord is an essential component to understanding grace. What is... Hebrews 10.26 says, if we keep on deliberately sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, there's no sacrifice left for sins, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. I want you to hear this part. It says, you can go on doing that. You actually are insulting the spirit of grace. And it says, it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Listen, the Bible calls it the great and glorious day of the Lord, and it also calls it the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Listen, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have a rude awakening on that day, and I don't take any pleasure in saying that. But the truth is, there's a lot of silly people out here that think that they're done with Jesus Christ, but the truth is, they haven't even started with Him yet. I know, preacher, you can't talk like that. That's not very loving. Listen, we need the truth. You can be mad at me if you want. That's all good. I didn't come here to necessarily to make any friends. I came here to preach the truth. Many people can understand something in their head, but they don't truly believe it in their heart where it actually really matters, and that's what I'm talking about, the inward revelation that comes from Holy Spirit that can only be given by God. And God wants us to believe the truth in our hearts when they live out Live it out from that place of confidence. How many know that? God doesn't want you to hide. God wants us to actually come to Him boldly with confidence. You can't, that's why we need to be confronted with the sin and the darkness issue, because that's exactly what keeps you from being able to walk to God in confidence. God hates sin because He loves people so much. God hates sin because He knows what it does to people. This isn't about bashing you with condemnation. Listen, the word says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but we stop it right there. We don't quote the last half. For those who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the spirit. Those are the ones who are not condemned. Isaiah 1, verse 18, hear it today. It says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow, Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. Come on, praise God. What is he saying? Come, let's reason together. Let's talk. I will show you the truth. Let's turn to Micah chapter 7, verse 9, or verse 19, I'm sorry. Listen, this is more than just reading a Bible verse. This is declaring the truth of God's word that penetrates our hearts. And if you open your mind and you open your heart to receive the word, you can be set free from false ways of thinking, from apathy, from dead religion. God says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that shatters a rock into pieces. How many of of us have some rocks of Dead religion and and sin and apathy and complacency, we need shattered and broken to pieces off of us by the word. Amen? Micah chapter 7, verse 19, it says, let's go at verse 18. Who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives the transgression of the remnant of your inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us, and you will tread our sins underfoot. And hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You will be true to Jacob and show mercy to Abraham as you pledged on oath to our fathers in the days long ago. He says, who is a God like you? Who pardons and forgives sins and removes them. Come on, it says he tramples them under his feet. Listen, when God tramples something under his feet, it's decimated forever. I might not be good if you're the one getting trampled under his feet, but if it's your sin, that's something to say amen to. And there will be a trampling. I hate to break it to some of us today, but there's coming a day when Jesus is going to tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Listen, that's a sobering thing that we need to let strike our hearts today. Listen, you do not want to find yourself covered in deception and find the last moments of your life. The feet that are coming down the hallway are not taking you to heaven. And that you believe the lie. And again, this isn't about some kind of religious spirit of religion, duty placed on your back. But listen, man, we've lost our sense that God is actually knowing and watching and observing and seeing and listening. Guess what? He knows about the things you send on your phone. That's not private. That's not kept from God. Or the things that we look at. I won't go down that road. I don't want to get stoned to death in here this morning. Amen. It's not the kind of stoned I'm into, you know what I'm saying? I'm not into the other one. Amen. The devil wants you to think, he wants us to think that we're unworthy, that we're not worthy. Listen, each one of us have worth to God. And the enemy wants to do everything that he can to get you to forget that. I want to tell you right now, Jesus didn't die for dirt. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and scorned at shame. What was the joy that was set before him? Was it that I get to go back to heaven and this will all be over? No the joy that was set before him was you and was me. And the generations that would come that weren't even alive then, that was the joy that was set before the Lord. He did it for us. He didn't just die for dirt. You know, we've got to understand, man, that we've got to break off that lie of the enemy that continually comes and whispers in your ear that you're not worthy, but what about what you did last week? What about what you did last year? Or you're unqualified. Listen, Come on, we've got to begin to break off the lie of the enemy. And you're the only one that can stand up and rise up in your life and break a generational curse and say enough is enough and stand against the lie and break the cycle that's come against you and your family. Only you can. Listen, you're the landlord of your body. You're the one that's going to stand before the Lord one day. You don't get to send an attorney. You don't get to send a representative. Mommy and daddy aren't going to go stand in your place. It's you. It's me. And what we do with what God's given us us and what's available to us is incredibly important. And if you don't stand up and rise up and say enough is enough and begin to declare the word of the Lord, listen, your Bible on your bookshelf won't do anything for you. But the Bible becomes a sword when you declare it through your mouth with faith and you believe it. Come on, we sing these songs, we fix our eyes on the one who overcame. And listen, I want to tell you, it is more than just a lyric of a song. This is this is the answer. We fix our eyes. Listen, the enemy wants you to continue to look at yourself, what you can change, How what, you know, always looking at yourself when the answer is actually beholding the Lord. It's in looking at the Lord. Listen, whatever you behold, you will become like. Listen to what the word says here. It says this. It says in Psalm 34, verse 5, those who look upon him... Are radiant their faces are never covered in shame do you hear what that means those who look on the Lord are not ashamed that's what it means to put our faith in the Lord as we continually look to the Lord it's not what I could ever do it's not what I've done that makes me righteous before God it's putting my faith in Jesus when you continually look to him as your source of of life and forgiveness and love and everything that God that's good. It actually only comes from the Lord anyways. Every good thing comes, every good gift comes from the Father above, it says. but it's in beholding Him and the sacrifice of what He did and beholding the Lamb that we become like Him. And it's in that place where shame and guilt begin to completely become washed off. Because listen, the tendency in the human realm is when we sin, when we fall, when we do some things to look at ourselves. And the natural tendency is actually to turn and run away from God. We saw Adam and Eve do it. They went and they hid. And what did Samuel say all those generations later to the people of Israel that were demanding a king? They weren't satisfied with God being their leader. They were demanding a king. And he and, and, and he calls the people out, Samuel. He says, even though all of this evil that you've done, you've all of this sin and wickedness you've done before God, don't turn from God, but turn to him. Listen, the natural tendency, tendency for humans when we sin, when we fall, when something like that happens is we want to turn and run from God and hide from God. There has to be a true honesty of sin. There's going to be times when it might happen, but I want to tell you what the word says. The word doesn't say when you sin. It says if you sin, you have someone who stands in your place. If you sin. But it's in those moments in life you might find yourself in Don't hide from God. Don't run from God. Don't cover yourself with a garment of fig leaves. That that doesn't work anyways, man. The only place to go is back to God, and it's in continually lifting up our eyes, the eyes of our spirit, our understanding, every day and looking to the Lord for everything, for our forgiveness, for our joy, for our strength, for everything in beholding the Lord. That's when we become like the Lord, and that is how you can get free from guilt and shame is keeping your eyes on Jesus every day. When we look upon him, that's when things change. That's when we become radiant, is when we look upon the Lord. Those who look upon him are radiant. Their faces are never covered in shame. Man, that is so beautiful. John 15 says that I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. This is what I'm talking about. It's way more than wearing the right outfit and coming to church for an hour and a half a week. It's about daily fellowship with the Lord. It's about being connected to the vine. It's about having a true honesty of heart and walking this thing out and working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Repentance requires action from our life. It's more than just saying I repent, more than just saying I change my mind. At some point, a tree starts to have to produce fruit. That's what God's actually concerned with. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life. Do we actually believe that he is the life, that everything we could ever need or want is found in him? Don't let that ever become a cliche thing that you've heard so many times. Like, oh, God loves you, and Jesus loves you. Yeah, I know. You know, come on, some of these things we've heard so many times, they, they've lost their power, they've lost their meaning, they're, they're, they're almost like nothing to us. Don't ever... Forget that apart from him, we cannot do anything. It's in him we live and move and breathe and have our being. I'm going to wrap it up here pretty quick. Um, let's see. You know, we've heard that song, some of us anyways. It's an older song, Turn Your Eyes. Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Come on, there it is when we look upon him. Listen, you can think about that mountain in your life, whatever it is, whether it's something that you're facing that is out of your control or it's a mountain of sin, whatever it is, you can look at that thing all day and all night till you're blue in the face and it won't change a thing. But things start to move and things start to change when you look upon the Lord. And the Lord God, He wants us to be secure in that. God does not want us to hide. Let's. Uh, we're gonna. Clo- I'm gonna probably close with this. Let's. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, stand with me, and we're gonna turn to Hebrews, chapter four. Have you received the word of the Lord this morning? Hebrews 4, and we'll look at verse 14. This is, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. So let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Again, Romans 10, verse 11 says, anyone who trusts in the Lord will not be put to shame. And I want to tell you, it's actually self-righteousness to think that you can somehow be good enough on your own. But it's in the turning of our hearts fully to the Lord that we find mercy. Come on, let's just pray this morning. If you felt the piercing of the Lord this morning and the conviction of, on your heart, I, mean, I want to encourage you, don't leave this place without doing business with God. Even right where you're at, if you know that there's things in your life that are violating God's word, that break his heart, that are not pleasing to him, come on, there's a mercy and there's freedom for you, but the first step is changing your mind and saying, Lord, I know that I can't live that way. And begin to shine the light and ask the Lord for mercy, and then there's mercy for those who come to the Lord with honesty of heart. The Bible says, submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. I want to tell you, the devil doesn't flee when you resist harder. It's not in the resisting, it's the turning to God. It's in the submitting to God. That's why it says submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and he will flee. But it's not in trying harder. It's in the the submitting. It's in the turning that we actually find that freedom. I want to end with this. Philippians 3 verse 9 says, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to tell you today, the word says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And I want to tell you, there is such a thing as God cannot be mocked. We do reap what we sow. And if we continually to sow seeds to please our flesh from that flesh, we're going to reap destruction. The Bible says it clearly. But if we sow to please the Spirit of God within us from the Holy Spirit, we will receive eternal life. Father, I pray, Lord, by the power of your Spirit this morning, you would wash us. Lord, for those of us that are in this place today that are struggling with things, Lord, you know, and there's a mercy for everyone. Lord, I pray, Lord, just for an increase of grace upon grace. Lord, I pray, Lord, for just the wind of your spirit to begin to blow in our hearts today, Lord. For those that are ashamed, God, and are covered in shame, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would just shine the light of your mercy on them, Lord, and show us how to walk in humility. Show us, Holy Spirit, teach us how to come to God with a humble heart with an honesty of heart, Lord, for that in that place is where we find mercy. God, I pray a blessing over my brothers and sisters in this place today and over this fellowship. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I bless the work of your hands in this place and Lord, the work of your servants in this fellowship, God, and I pray for an increase of your spirit and your power and your might and the sevenfold spirit of God of understanding, wisdom, power, counsel, might, the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of the fear of the Lord would rest upon this fellowship God, I pray for an increase of the anointing that breaks the yoke to be upon the leadership and the body of Christ in this church. Lord, I pray for a burden for souls to come. Lord, that we would not just go through the motions, Lord, but that we would be those who care enough to preach the gospel and to bloom where we're planted in this region. God, I, bl- I pray a blessing over this fellowship, that you would increase your presence every week and every day. And we thank you for your spirit and your presence today. Come on, everybody say Amen. Amen. God bless. Would you put your hands together and thank the Lord this morning? I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Josh. Thank you so much.
1: Man, you know, we want to kind of this journey up to Easter is, is wanted to start it off with having a opportunity for repentance and I just pray that that message is really penetrate so that we could you know let go of uh let go of that sinful stuff that really just has you know tries to have us so god bless you friends thanks for joining with us today um, you can be dismissed and go get your kids or go get go get coffee or whatever you want to do if you want to stick around and help us clean up that's awesome have a great Sunday, guys. Thank, thank you very much. And can we give a round of applause for Joe Liggett? Thank you so very much for sharing with us this morning. My brother, excellent word, excellent word.